All right, what's up, guys? And we're live. So we're going to get right into the trial. Looks like they brought up the first winners for today. And after we take a break, I'm going to give you guys a, um, a summary of what went down. So let's get right into this thing. And the stream was down, guys, so they made a new one. That's why I was a little bit delayed. Uh, hold on. Hmm, why the hell is this? Doesn't that have sound? Bear with me real quick, guys. And how about... All right, we in and now. You know someone by the name of Don Tavius Williams? Oh, uh, yes. And you know his nickname? T. Let's start off with the first individual I named, uh, Anthony Williams, also known as Seth. How did you meet him? Uh, ninth, 10th grade school. How about Christopher Thomas? How did you meet him? Uh, during school. All right, guys, so trial just started. They're bringing in the first witness. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm going to we'll get to that as we continue listening uh, to him testify. Portland or Portland Henry? Portland How about Mel? Uh, sixth grade. All right, so this is someone that's clearly a childhood friend of both Melly and YW Portland. And if you guys remember, YW Portland is the one that drove the bodies to the hospital, and Melly obviously is the alleged shooter. Trevon Glass. Um, I've been school in like the 10th grade. And his nickname was? Fetty. Jacoby Mel. Since elementary. Okay. And finally, I'm Fabius Um... Down here, uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So you went to school with Williams, Thomas, Henry, Melly, Glass. Is that correct? All right. So it looks like this guy went to school with all four of the people that were involved in the situation. You guys remember? Quick little refresher. You had Wine W. Melly in the back seat. You had. Juvia right next to Melly, and then you had Sack Chaser in the front, and then Bortland driving. So basically, all four of these individuals knew each other through school, and it seems like this guy was there. Everybody's talking. Nobody. At any time during school, did any of you have any problems with each other? No, not at all. Okay, so guys, also want to give you all a tip. Right now, the person that's speaking is Melly's, it looks like, lawyer. I can tell from his voice because I've been covering this uh, this case for a bit now. That's Melly's lawyer. So the fact that this guy just got put on the stand and the defense is asking him first, that means that he's the defense's witness, guys. So more than likely, he's going to be a character witness and he's going to talk about all the good Melly did, how he's a friend, blah, blah, blah. Um, because anytime you got a witness on the stand and the first person that's questioning them typically is the, how do I say it? They're on the side of the witness that's there. So for example, if prosecution, right, is bringing a witness, typically they're going to be the first ones to ask that witness the questions. Then they let the defense cross-examine. Now, if the defense brings in a witness, then the defense asks the questions first, gets them comfortable, then lets the prosecutor examine. So that's kind of how the law works in the United States with court systems. The witness that goes on, depending on which side they're on, they get interviewed by their interested party first. Give me one second if, if the chat, uh, if you guys understood what I just explained. Would you label yourself good friends, associates, close friends, or what? Good friends, close friends, best friends. Now, 
Did Melody also have a another name besides Melody and Jamel? Yeah, and, and the reason why the defense is calling their witnesses now, guys, is because the prosecution put up all their witnesses. And one of the most important witnesses was the actual case detective that covered this case. So when we take a break on this, I'm going to go through and show you all a video of what that lead detective said that ran this case. All right, because obviously he's probably one of the most important witnesses. So they saved him for last. Now it's the defense going and they're calling their witnesses. And why did, why was he called Crazy Legs? Because he liked to dance. <laughs> and that's why he got that nickname. Yeah. Was Melly, uh, uh, Yes, this means that prosecution has no more witnesses, guys. If defense is starting to put their witnesses on. Big kids, normal size, uh, kid when uh, you guys were in school. It's slow. Did there come a time that Melly, when I'm referring to Melly, I'm referring to this young man, Jimmy. Did there come a time that Melly got involved in the music industry? Yes. Specifically rap music. FYI, guys, Jamel is YNW Melly's government name. So you're going to be seeing them refer to Jamel or they say Demons, but it really is Demons, his last name. But anytime they say Jamel or Demons or Demons, that means they're talking about Nelly's government name. Yeah, back then. And then YNW Bortland, he, uh, his real name is Cortland Henry. But as you guys know, these guys claim to be Bloods. So Bortland switched the C in his name to a B. All right. And this is very common in gang culture where you don't use letters of the ops. So if you're, um, you know, like, for example, look at Crip Map, uh, Crip Mac on No Jumper. He never says the B word. So instead of calling someone a buster, he'll call them a custer. <laughs> Which is actually really, really entertaining. Let me know if y'all want me to break him on the show. He's actually hilarious. But, yeah, that's an example of, like, someone taking it to the extreme for their gang and never using a certain letter and rephrasing things and speaking in a different way where he tries to avoid the use of the letter B. So YW Borland is the same exact thing, but he's a blood, so he tries never to use um, C. So I uh, hope that makes sense for y'all. Give me one in the chat if uh, you understand that concept of gangs using um, their own letters and never using op letters in their vocabulary. Now, you grew up where? Rural Beach. And you still live up in that area? No, sir. Where do you live? West Point. Wait, y'all want Crip Mac? If I get, there's 394 of you guys watching right now. We're going to slowly climb to 1,000. If I could get 400 likes, I'm going to hit Adam up on air and tell him to put me in touch with Crip Mac. Y'all want that? <laughs> y'all want that? Down the Marco, Marco. If I hit 400 likes in the next 10 to 20 minutes, guys, at next 10 minutes, we'll say 10 minutes. If I hit 400, I'll go ahead and um, hit up Adam now and tell him to get me uh, in touch with Crip Mac. By the way, what do you do for him? Because he actually is hilarious, by the way. Uh, my granddad owns properties, rental properties and stuff, real estate. So we just cut grass, paint, whatever we need to do, keep the properties up. Okay. <laughs> I want to draw your attention to the year of 2018. Mm -hmm. Did there come a time that you came down to... Uh, Broward County, Miramar, Florida. Yes. About when. And guys, just so y'all know, I know you guys are like, who is this Crip Mac, guys? 
guy. He's just funny, guys. It wouldn't be like a show to like a Money Monday or any shit like that. It would basically be an interview for just straight entertainment for y'all. It would kind of be a, a break from all the self-improvement shit we give you. So if y'all want that, let me know. What is that? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I want to say probably like September, July or something. Okay. And where did you stay? At Jamal's house. Who else was living uh, at Jamal's house when you came down in August or September of 2018? Uh, me, Jacoby, Melly, Seth. So that's key. Now he's trying to get into like the rapport part. And hey, was were you guys all friends? Were there ever any arguments, fights amongst no. you guys? No. And is that where you met Dontavius Withers? Yes. And does he have a name? Uh, Who was paying the bills uh, at at the house? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that it was. Let's go to the day of October 25th, and so you have an idea where I am. Uh, this incident that we're here on occurred in the early morning hours of October 26th. Okay. Okay, guys, important date to remember. This murder went down on October 26, 2018. So basically, guys, this has been going on for damn near five years, this case. And they're just going to trial now. And I'm referring to the, the shootings of Anthony Williams and Christopher Thomas. On October 25th, the morning of, and during the day, what were you doing? Just chilling at the house. And you smoking and drinking. Okay. Who were you smoking and drinking with? Uh, Kobe, Tay, everybody who usually be at the house. Okay. Williams? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Portland Henry? Yes. Travon Glass? Yes. Dontavious Withers? Yes. And were there plans? to go to a recording studio that evening. Yes. Did you in fact go to the recording studio? Yes. And that was after you all were, for lack of a better term, smoking dope, weed, yeah. correct? <laughs> and having a few drinks? Yeah. What was the drink of choice? <laughs> Keeping stereotypes alive, I see, man. <laughs> Who all went to the studio? Nothing ever comes good from Henny, guys. <laughs> Me, Jacoby, Melody, Seth, Julie, uh, Courtland, um, Trayvon, and Tate. 
Do you all go in the same car? No. Okay. Going to the studio. Approximately what time did you get there? I don't remember. Was it during the day or at night? At night. Uh, did you go in the same car or were there very two cars? Two cars. What type of cars were they? Oh, the Jeep and the uh, Mitsubishi. What color was the Mitsubishi? Red. Will you tell this jury who got into the red Mitsubishi to go to the studio? Me, Jacoby, uh, Tay, and uh, Freddie Trayvon. Okay. And who got into the Jeep to go to the studio? Melly, Sad. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and make this a lot clearer because he's mentioning names and you guys might not be might not be familiar if you're not very familiar with this case. So let me go ahead and do y'all a favor. I'm going to give you guys a visual representation of what's going down here, okay? So as y'all can see, he's on the stand. This is the vehicle that was used in the murder. And uh, these were the people inside, right? So I'll give y'all a quick visual. So you see here in the front seat, this is YW Bortland right here, right? Um, aka Cortland Henry, or excuse me, uh, Cortland Henry, but his you know stage name is YNW Bortland, right? With the B, which I explained to y'all before. Here's Melly in the back seat. This is Sack Chaser. His real name is uh, let's see here, DeAndre Williams. Okay, so whenever they say Williams, they're referring to him. And then this guy, YNW uh, Juvie, is Jermaine Thomas Jr. So if you hear them say Thomas or Williams, those are two victims. They mention Henry. It's one of the people that, you know, was involved in this whole situation and might have been complicit. But these are the two victims on this side. Uh, the bullet wounds show that the bullet went this way and, and uh, behind this dude's neck. So pretty much he got shot in the cheek, died instantly. He got shot in the back of the head, died instantly. And there was blood all over the car, etc. So this is a visual representation of what they're actually talking about now. Now, as you guys can see, also, the lawyer's asking him about two vehicles, right? Let me refresh y'all memories that are just joining or new to Fed Reacts. This is what he's referring to. As y'all can see here, you got them coming. This is YNW Sack Chaser right here. These are the friends, right? So he might actually be, the dude that's on the stand right now might be uh, in this CCTV. So he gets in, right? Let's speed this up. Now you just see, that's Bortland. He came out as well. Now he's going to get in a driver's seat. So Bortland is there. Y'all just saw Sack Chaser get in, right? Let me speed this up for y'all. Right? Fast forward, fast forward. Fast forward. All right, so this dude is here. That might be the guy in the stand right now. His dreads were shorter back then. Uh, and then you're going to see Melly. Bam, this is Melly right here, guys. Right right here in the in the jean jacket and the satchel. Where is he going to go? He's going to go in the back left seat. Now, y'all are going to see... Juvie. And just so you guys know, this is a music studio that they're coming from at uh, 2 a.m. Up uh, up north in like the Fort Lauderdale area. And there you go. See Juvie get in there. And then the rest of them get in their cars. Then they get ready. Right? And they start to take off. Boom. So they Melly's in the car. Y'all got to see it with your own two eyes. And then these guys get in. So that's what they're referring to to give y'all a visual representation. Uh, give me ones in the chat if that helps y'all understand the case better. Because some of you guys might not know all these people that this dude on the stand is talking about. So I want to make sure I give you all that visual. Who drove, do you know who drove the Mitsubishi to the studio? That would be Dante Yeah. Do 
You know who drove. The- All right, perfect, perfect. That's my goal the whole time. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I want to make sure that y'all are actually understanding what's going on here. And like the video, goddammit. Ain't nobody breaking down this case with this level of detail, guys. So like the video, man. Y'all ain't going to get breakdowns like this anywhere else live. And what was the purpose of going to the studio? To make music. Did anyone fall asleep at the studio? Yes. Who? We all did. That was from the day of smoking weed and and having a few drinks. Yeah. Did any argument occur between any of you at the studio? All right, so the defense attorney's doing a good job here. He's trying to establish that Melly has no motive, and he a- he's asking him, yo, was there any issues at the studio? What could have led to this? So they're trying to paint Melly in a positive light. Did there come a time that you all left the studio? Yes. Did you leave the studio uh, earlier than what was scheduled? Yeah, I believe so. So we all in our sleep. We tell the jury who got into the red Mitsubishi. All right, that's just from the CCTV footage I just showed y'all. Um, me, Jacoby, Trayvon, and um, Tate, John Travis. Okay. Do you know who got into the Jeep? All right, the people that went into the Mitsubishi that I showed y'all, they're not really relevant, guys. And the reason why is because they ended up lying to the police and telling completely different stories anyway. Um, but the defense's goal here isn't to say who got in vehicle and whatever. His thing is to say that Melly has good character and establish that they didn't fight right before getting in the studio. So it wouldn't make sense for him to kill his friends in cold blood the way that they were killed. Uh, Courtland, Jamel, um, Seth, and Judy. Okay. Where were you going? Um, Did anyone fall asleep in your car? Yeah, we all did, except for the driver. Did there come a time that you were woken up before you got to the house? Yes. What happened? Um, we pulled over, and that's when Melly got in the car with us. You, do you know where you pulled over? I don't really remember. Were you Wait, hold up, hold up. What the? All right. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna tell y'all why this is important here in a second. Let's listen in and see what he says here. Okay, not. Yeah. Why? Because I was getting pushed over a little bit. Okay. And are you a hundred percent sure that this young man got into the Red Mitsubishi? Yes. <coughs> Nigga. What happened to the Jeep? Yo, what? Yo, y'all literally might be witnessing a crime occurring right now in front of your eyes in 4K. Hold on. Let's keep watching this. Just kept going. 
where do you go? Hold on. Did he have to unlock the door? Oh, the sound just cut out. Yes. Do you know who had has the keys to Melly's house on October 26th in the early morning hours? Uh, Jamel and Borden, the only one who had keys to the house. Okay. Did you have a key to the house? No. Did Williams have a key to the house? No. Did Christopher Thomas have a key to the house? No. Did Trevon Glass have a key to the house? No. Did Jacoby Mills have a key to the house? No. And how about Dante Swift? Did he have a key? No. Okay. So the only two people you know who had a key to the house was this young man. Yes. All right, we got to rewind this to make sure I, I'm not tripping. Hold on. Where were you going? Home. And what was the purpose of going to the studio? Make music. Okay. That was from the day of any of you at the studio. So we asked any y'all fight. Yeah, I believe so. So we all in there sleep. Okay. Um, me, Jacoby, Trayvon, and um, um, Seth, and Julie. Okay. Where were you going? Home. Did anyone fall asleep in your car? Yeah, we might all did, except for the driver. Did there come a time that you were woken up before you got to the house. Yes. What happened? Um, we pulled over, and that's when Melly got in the car with us. You, do you know where you pulled over? I don't really remember. Were you woken up? Yeah. Because I was getting pushed over a little bit. Okay. And are you 100% sure that this young man got into the red Mitsubishi? Yes. <coughs> what happened to the Jeep? Uh, I think they just kept going. Where'd you go? Okay, this is crazy. Because y'all just saw in the CCTV footage that Melly went with them, but what he's trying to insinuate now is that the car Did later... The, door? the car later parked? and pick Melly up. But here's the thing, here's the key. As y'all know, after Melly made the murder, he made a FaceTime call to get out of that area where they had just killed the dudes and Bortland went to take them to the hospital. So he's not being specific as to when he saw Melly get in the car. For all we know, it could have been after the hit was done. But I think he's trying to insinuate that um, he did it before the hit was done so he couldn't have been the shooter. Yes. Do you know who had has the keys to Melly's house on October 26th in the early morning hours. Uh, Jamel and Borden, the only one who had keys to the house. Did you have a key to the house? No. Did Williams have a key to the house? No. Did Christopher Thomas have a key to the house? No. Did Trevon Glass have a key to the house? No. Did Jacoby Mills have a key to the house? No. And how about Dante Swift? Did he have a key? No. Okay. So the only two people you know who had a key to the house was this young man. Yes. And Cortland Henry. 
Yes. Those are the two people suspected in the murder. So he's saying they're the only ones that had the keys to the house. But I'm trying to see why this is relevant. Let's see here. Did you see this young man unlock the, the door of the house? Yes. Who was the last person to get out of the red Mitsubishi to go inside the house? Trayvon. He was in the car asleep. He was in the car asleep when you got to his house? Yeah. Did you see where Melly went? To his room. And where was his bedroom? So he's trying to say that they brought Melly home. And uh, and he probably they're trying to I guess insinuate that he wasn't with Portland and them. But this let's see what he's this is this is a very weird story, guys. If y'all are familiar with the facts of the case, something isn't up. I mean, I want to we'll keep watching it together, but this doesn't make sense. And the house is came missus right down the left. Okay, this is a one or two story house. Two. Where did you go? Where did Dantavius uh, Withers go? Where, all right, I'm gonna speed this up a bit, guys, Thank you. so we can catch up because we're. Do you a bit know where Dontavious Withers went? Uh, to his room upstairs. Okay. You know where Trevon Glass went? Uh, to his room upstairs. You know where Jacoby Mills went? Oh, he slept on me. So the three of you, the four of you, went upstairs. You're right. And this young man went into his bedroom. You the same. How many people went upstairs to go to sleep? Three. And you? Yeah. That would be? Me, Jacoby, Melly. Well, Melly was downstairs. Me, Jacoby, uh, Freddie, and Ted. So four of us. Okay. Uh, I think when he says Freddie, that he might be referring to uh, Fredo Bang, guys. And Melly went to his bedroom? Yes. Did there come a time in the early morning hours that you were woken up and heard some distressing news? Oh, yes. What did you hear? Uh, the second Julie was shot. When you heard that, did you see Melly in the house? Yes. Did you see Melly how he was dressed in the house? Yes. What was he wearing? Uh, shorts and t shirt, I think. Okay. Upon hearing that, that Saxon Julie, and I really should use the correct names, Anthony Williams and Christopher Thomas were shot. What what did you guys say? Uh, we, well, we already dressed up, so we just left him to Alfredo's house. Did, was anybody uh, upset or crying? Yeah, we all were crying. Was this young man crying? Yes. All sure? right, so he's trying to show that Melly was with him and Melly was crying when he heard the news. Positive. Yo, I could tell this is going to be a really fun cross-examination for the prosecutors, man. Yeah. When they start asking this guy questions. That would be Fredo Bang? Yeah. You know Fredo Bang's real name? Frederick Givens. I know his real name. It's Frederick Givens, guys. Like the damn video, man. Did there come a time after you got to the house of Fredo Bang that Cortland Henry showed up? Yes. Did Cortland Henry tell you uh, what happened? When Cortland Henry arrived at Fredo Bang's house, was Melly there? Yes. Did you eventually leave that house? Yes. 
Approximately what time did he leave that house? I don't remember. Where'd you go? Who went with you? Uh, me, Trayvon, uh, Jacoby, and Fetty. By the way, when you first learned that Anthony Williams and Christopher Thomas were shot at the house with Melanie, mm -hmm. uh, did anyone... Yes, guys, the prosecution did use Melly's uh, documentary as evidence because in the documentary, uh, it says Melly and his friends were killed by drive-by shooters, which put Melly at the scene. So, yeah, interesting catch for you from you guys in the chat. Uh, get on the phone. Yeah. Did anyone have any problem locating the phone? Yes. Hey, guys, get your super chats in. I'm going to start reading them here very soon. So uh, get them in if you want, and I'll answer questions and everything else like that. Who was that? You, when I back up for a minute, you were telling the jury that uh, you went back to Melly's house. Mm -hmm. You got to yes or no. She called yes. She can't shake How'd you get in? Oh, the door was unlocked. Were you aware whether or not Melly had a contractual agreement to do a video shoot that day? Yeah, it was something like that. I know he probably lost a lot of money if he go to the music video. He was upset. Melly crying at your at the Frito Bank House? Yes. And you crying? Yes. Because you all grew up together. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right, the reason why this is important, guys, is because after they died, Melly shot a music video the next day and he got a lot of criticism for like not showing emotion when he was there. So that's why the defense brought him up to show no, Melly actually was distraught and sad. You you know, I witnessed it, blah blah. But he had to go to his music video because he had paid for it and he would have lost a lot of money. So they're trying to give Melly an out for why he didn't show emotion at the shoot. And guys, just so you know, he's not snitching. Like, the, the, guys, don't be low IQ in the chat, man. I, as, some, as guys that watch Fed Reacts, y'all should be better than the normal person when it comes to interpreting cases. This guy's not snitching because he's on the stand actually trying to defend his friend. He's not on the stand to snitch on Melly. He's remember, he's a defense witness, which is why he's been capping all over the place. But, you know, this guy is definitely not a snitch. It's quite, honestly, quite frankly, it's probably the uh, opposite because he's on the stand right now. I've already caught him in a few lies, so he might get hit with perjury after this. So he's the opposite of snitching, man. He's doing that little Kim type shit. Remember little Kim uh, lied under oath and she ended up doing like a year in jail. I think it was her and Remy Ma. This dude's doing the same shit right now, trying to protect his friend. Did you, in fact, tell this what happened on October 25th and 26th to this particular prosecutor? Yes. Were any of these, any of us, any of the lawyers present? Did you tell the prosecutor? When you talk, when you spoke to the prosecutor, were you under oath? Yes. Sworn to tell the truth? Yes. Objection, Sustained. Are you one hundred percent sure? That Melly got into the red Mitsubishi to go home. Yes. Are you one hundred percent sure that this young man learned of the shooting? of these of his friends at the exact same time you learned of it yes okay guys what y'all are experiencing i know y'all might not see it now this is a critical moment in the trial 
the defense is trying to paint a picture that Melly wasn't in the car. He was with his friends the whole time. And before the shooting happened, to some degree, Melly got in this Mitsubishi, so therefore he could not have been the shooter. So this is a turning point right now. So let's see what happens after this. And that was at the house? Yes. Are you 100% sure that when people were getting on the phone that this young man was looking for his phone to call people? Yes. Well, I'll give you this. This lawyer is definitely earning his money, man. All right, bam. So defense is done. Now we're probably going to get into prosecution cross-examined. Nation, you know what time it is, baby. <laughs> Yo, this is about to be lit. All right, here we go. Guys, just so you know, the woman's voice that's speaking right now is the prosecutor. Let's get ready to rumble! Yo! No questions about that. Her. There she is right there. That's the main prosecutor in this case. Sure, he was at the house. Yes. And you were upstairs? Yes, ma'am. He was upstairs. Yes. So you're sure he was there. You could see. Mm -hmm. Is that yes? Yes. And you are 100% sure his phone was missing? Yes. Where in the statement on May 5th did you ever say that? I'm sorry. It was never asked. Counsel, uh, so I, I guess the objection is improper impeachment, so we're afraid to play. So. You met with me on Okay, here we go. So I already know where she's going with this. The police already interviewed this guy, guys, and he gave a different statement, kind of, or he's alluding to something that he didn't disclose during the interview with the police. So what she's doing right now is she's attacking him with his prior statement when the police interviewed him. She's trying. This is what you call the, trying to destroy a witness's credibility. All right, let's let's watch this in real time, and I'll break it down for y'all. Yes. Your two attorneys were present that you brought. That's a yes? Yes. And I asked you questions for quite a number of hours. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. And do you remember being asked if you had met with anyone else with regards to this case? Yes. Okay. And do you remember being asked if you had met prior to speaking with me with the attorney sitting over to the my left? Yes. Okay. I didn't know who they were, and my lawyers told you that. Okay. I didn't know their names. But you remember meeting with them? Yeah. Okay. And do you remember asking and being asked a question about what you talked about with them? Yes. Did you remember what you told them? No. Do you remember what you told them now? Yes. So are you telling the jury that when you were speaking with me, you forgot? As in, what I'm telling them now, as of right now, yes. Okay. So on the phone on that, do you remember if Mr. Demings had any password on his cell phone that night? I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> And in terms of, would you be surprised to find that there was one on that cell phone? No. Did you know the password? I don't think so. I don't even want to figure out one. We all use this phone sometimes. We all use each other's phones. So you would use his cell phone? Why? Uh, talk to females. You pretend he has. <laughs> that was easy. To get women? Because you couldn't get him on your own? I'm not sure. Why would you do that? Nigga! <laughs> Yo, what the fuck is going on? Yo! 
You use Melly's phone? Yeah. For what? Talk to girls. Oh, is that because you can't get them on your own? Bro, what the? Brutality. Yo, this prosecutor's on some fucking demon time, bro. What are you doing, lady? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> what the fuck? Yo, that lawyer objected so fast. Like, Objection. My, my, uh, she's trying to, you know, embarrass our fucking uh, witness. <laughs> that lawyer said objection fast as hell, man. He, he objected, he objected faster than YouTube banning you for talking about them boys in a certain event from the 1940s. If you know what I'm saying, man. <laughs> it's over. Go ahead. Answer your question. Go ahead. Answer your question. <laughs> With regards to your um, living situation there, you were not paying any rent, right? Oh, and nobody was paying any rent in that house except for the defendant. So, do you remember that evening driving to the studio? Uh, yes. you remember who was in which car? On the way there, yes. Do you remember who was on each car on the way back? Yes. Okay. Are there any threats that remain to anyone that night? No, ma'am. Did anyone have any other conversations or discussions about threats from outside parties? No, ma'am. Is anyone worried about their safety? Uh, no, ma'am. But okay. well, Melly's a rapper, you know, he's always going to be a target. I said, he's a rapper, so he's always going to be a target. Okay. All right, guys, this is the woman that's typing up the court transcript. That's why she has to make sure she understands everything being said so that she can keep it for the official record. Kind of useless fact right there, but just you kind of get a deeper understanding of how the court system works. That's why she keeps telling him, hey, if you say something, don't just do it physically, like say it for the record. You know, because if you're not like this, she can't report that in the court records. And do you remember stopping on the side of the road? Yes. Where did you stop? I don't remember. It's like flashes and blinks, drinking and smoking. So I just know we stopped. You know you stopped. Yeah. And you remember if that was on a highway? Not at all. Okay. Do you remember if it was on a divided four-lane road? I don't remember. Do you remember if you guys were using GPS to get home? Uh, no, okay. Do you remember if you knew the route home? Yeah, sorry, guys. The, the audio is bad from them, and this woman isn't speaking up, but don't worry. I'll, like, pause it and give you all updates of what she's asking him. But you guys kind of get the general idea. She's grilling him on what he made, uh, statements he made before and his whereabouts. Do you remember what phone number you had back then? No, ma'am. don't remember your phone number? Also, quick little tidbit. Notice how he's mumbling now, but when he was talking to the defense attorney, he was clear. That's a little weird, right? Yes, um, do you remember if you were awake or asleep? I just told you. Were you asleep? Alright, so she's asking him when you were awake or asleep. Basically in the Mitsubishi like he had told the defense attorney. Yeah. And you said you were intoxicated? You um, yeah. Yes. Do you know why your car stopped? No. Do you have any conversations or messages with the defendant? Mm, 
would that help you? And, and we're answering if you've ever said something different than what you just testified in court. Here we go. She's trying to lock him now, baby. <laughs> All right. So she says approaching. That means that she's about to show the witness what he actually said in the interview. Now, guys, I want you to make this very I want to make this very clear. It's not perjury if, you know, you're saying things that aren't all the way accurate, right? It's got to be like a blatant lie that's, you know, you got to prove there's a little bit of malice behind it, whatever. So what she's going to do is she's going to show it to him to refresh his memory and give him kind of one more chance to come clean, you know, because this is kind of sort of perjury because they can make the argument that, yo, this was five years ago, bro. Like, y'all expect me to remember everything I said five years ago? So that's kind of why she's going this angle to refresh his memory. This is... um. This is called like refreshing the witness's memory. That's like kind of the jargon they use in the, in the legal world. Can you read silently to yourself? Okay. One line. Lines 18 through 20. Okay. So now your answer is I don't remember if the sheet was in front, but it's the sheet it's too much to video they put up for so I didn't know there was a friend. Oh, so you watched the video? You showed it to me. In terms of the trial, have you been watching that online? No, ma'am. Um, in terms of when you got home, you mentioned that you said Mr. Heenan's went to his room. Yes. Have you ever answered that question differently? No. Here she goes again. Now she's going to challenge him on a statement he made about YNW Melly going to his room, and she's going to show what he actually said back in May 5th of 2022. That's the day this, day this guy was interviewed before. I don't know where he's from, I assume this room. Um, I don't know. You don't know. Could you make your statement and help refresh your recollection on that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Lines 12 and 13, counsel. Okay, so did you previously give a different statement that you didn't know where he went and you were assuming he went to this room? Yeah. Um, so with regards to the... So it seems to me like he said in, in the interview, right? Because you got to pick up on the little things. It seems to me like in the interview he said, he might have went to his room, but just a second ago, and y'all saw with your own eyes, he told the defense attorney Melly did go in his room. So she's trying to attack his credibility and also notice how she asked him, were you drunk and high? And he said yes. So right now she's trying to show that he wasn't um, sober. He said one thing one time, but now he's sure all of a sudden he was drunk and high, etc. So this is her trying to slowly dismantle this guy's cred. Hey, Carl, you're saying that you got pushed over when somebody got in the car? Yeah. And with regards to um, being pushed over, did you wake up when that happened? Like it was flashes. Like, yeah, I guess you just said I woke up. Okay. And did they move you over or climb over you? Uh, I don't remember. Have you ever made a statement different than that? I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. Again, page 30. Bruh, <laughs> I feel like I'm listening to fucking White Snake. Here I go again on my own. <laughs> Every time she's like, oh, you said, oh, oh, really? Okay, I'm going to bring you another one. 
and another one and another one of these statements that you made, man. That dude is in the chair sweating right now. <laughs> Three. Question was asked. Did they climb over to get you to the middle of, over you to get to the middle of the vaccine? Your answer was, I was think I was at the window, so no, I think they might have climbed over. For some of you guys that might not be aware of uh, classic rock, search White Snake, Here I Go Again. Hit song from like 88 or something like that. And that's just what came to mind when she kept, you know, he's in the stand thinking like, man, here I go alone. Here I go again on my own when she keeps grilling him. You remember going to Frigo Bank's house? Yes. Okay. And you remember seeing the defendant there? Is that a yes? Yeah, he was there with us. And you remember leaving there afterwards. Yes. And you remember going back to the defendant's house? Yes. Okay. And you remember at that point that when you went back to the defendant's house, there was you, Trayvon, Glass, or Fetty, mm-hmm. and Jacoby Moss. That's it? Yes, I believe so. Okay. And you said that you were in and out of sleep and intoxicated. <laughs> Bro, this was said more like living on a prayer. <laughs> we gotta hold on to what we got. It doesn't really matter if we make it or not. We got each other, and that's what. Uh, how'd it go? And that's enough for love. Something like that. We'll give it a shot. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh. oh. Living on a prayer. Yo, this dude's on the stand singing that song in the back of his mind right now, man. He got that Ben Bon Jovi going. <laughs> Living on a fucking prayer right now, man. And in terms of the the defendant, you remember that Trayvon was the last person to get out of the car. Yeah, I believe so, yes. You believe so, or do you remember? Which is it? Yes. And you know, and you mentioned about Mr. Simmons looking for his phone, right? Yes. So, of course, he used your phone to call it and try and find it, right? I don't remember. You don't remember how he was trying to find his phone? And yes, guys, I know my singing sucks. That's why I'm here talking to y'all niggas at fucking 1030 with no sleep. <laughs> if I if I could actually sing, I'd probably be, you know, banging some freaking uh, musician, female musician out, man. I was looking for it, just like you would do if you lost yours. So he didn't, you know, try and do find my iPhone or anything like that. Of course, he used yours to do that, right? I don't remember. Of course, he used something like, you know, an Apple iWatch and set it up. There's no testimony that he had it. I don't remember. Excuse me. Okay. One at a time, you ask the question. Objection notice. Overruled. So, of course, he did all that. He went on, find my iPhone, and he's looking for it. I don't know. I don't remember. You don't remember. Okay. And of course he is using everybody else's phone to try and find it. I don't know. You don't remember. Okay. But conveniently the phone's missing not only. Objection to the phone. Yes. I with, objection. So with regards to your 
conversation. He had texted back and forth with the defendant prior to this event occurring, right? Yes. And he had sent you a picture of his driver's license from that phone number. Yes. So you knew Mr. Demons, the defendant, Kelly, to use that cell phone, 772 Guys, just so you know, the reason why she's so hard on trying to like link Melly to his phone is because the phone has a geolocation data that put the where the crime scene was, contrary to what Bortland had told the police prior. So she needs to link the phone to Melly, and that's why she's going through this line of questioning, trying to establish that Melly texted you from this phone, correct? So that means it's his phone. So obviously him, he's kind of like playing dumb and shit like that, but she's trying to tie the phone to Melly. You haven't saved any phone, right? Yeah, I can't just remember that. Remember that from that public. And you testimony is that he's looking all the time. Yeah. So in terms of the phone, did you see it again? That's it. I don't remember. Don't remember. Okay. And in terms of the phone traveling up to the video shoot up in Coca. You don't have a phone contact there. And you didn't shoot Mr. Williams or Mr. Thomas, right? No. But you, you know who we're talking about, right? Chris and Anthony. Yes. And in terms of the... Chris and Anthony are two victims. Messages and things for Mr. Henry. You're aware that his phone was broken at that time, right? Uh, you don't know. I don't know. Uh, in terms of Mr. Demons, you know he was dating Mariah Hanks. Yeah. Okay. And you know that Mr. Demons would FaceTime her and regularly. Objection. What's objection? There's no evidence of that. I don't know. Okay. So you know, and Mr. Demons would. Excuse me, use the correct name. Mr. Demons, my apologies. Mr. Demons would FaceTime and video chat and Mr. Davis, you never met with Detective Mark Money? You have a good statement? No, ma'am. And so the first time that you ever said anything about the phone being missing was today, July 18th, 2023. All right, the defense is done. Now, the, the, uh, sorry, the prosecution is done questioning him. Now it's up to the um, defense attorney to try to, you know, bring back some of those L's that he just took just now. And uh, I'll tell you all this, man, that dude was definitely Bon Jovi on that stand, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Moretti never even talked to you during this investigation, did he? We'll make it, I swear. Oh, oh living on a prayer. <laughs> no, sir. And the bottom line is, at the time you learned that Christopher and Anthony were shot, Sack and Juvie were shot, this man was at his house, correct? Yes, sir. And did you tell that to the state? Yes. 
And that were they the first ones who contacted you about this case? Yes. Thank you. Just witness excuse? Yes. Sir, thank you very much. You may step down. You're excused. All right. We would at this time. I mean, that didn't really do too much, but hey, it is what it is. You can see that this dude's down for the cause with Melly. I need a few minutes uh, with the attorneys. Do not discuss the case. Don't form any opinion about the case. Don't allow anyone to discuss the case. You're present, certainly no research. All right, just leave no bed on the chairs. Thank you. Thank you. Let the record reflect the jury stepped out. Counsel remain along with the uh, defendant. And uh, I guess, uh, Mr. Demons, I need to talk to you, ask you a few questions. All right? Uh, you heard what your attorney said. He said he, he's arrested. No further witnesses. Do you hear that? Okay, so that's big. That, that pretty much means the trial's probably over, guys. Right now, I don't know uh, what discussion you had with. They're probably going to send the jury to deliberate here in a bit. But I think he's trying to tell Melly, hey, just so you know, all the witnesses are gone. This is probably going to be the end of the case. Is there anything else you want to do? So let's see what he says. Uh, your attorneys got a competent lawyer here. I mean, you've seen them perform here. You've discussed things with them, I assume, correct? Yes, sir. And you understand that uh, you have a right to testify, and you also have a right not to testify. Okay, so he's giving him his last chance to take the stand right now. Yes, sir. You understand that if you do testify, I'm going to instruct the jury that they have to consider your testimony as they would any other witness. You understand that? Yes, sir. And if you don't testify, I'm going to instruct the, 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 the jury that you have a right not to testify, and they can't consider that, hold that against you. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. So my question, I guess, is... Uh, is did you have enough time to talk about this issue about you testifying or not testifying? Uh, did you have enough time to discuss that with your attorneys? Yes, sir. Did they answer all your questions? Yes, sir. And uh, all right, let's see. Y'all think he's gonna take the stand? Let's see what he says here. What is your decision? Give me ones if you guys think he's gonna take the stand. Take say twos if you think he's not gonna take the stand. I will not. You will not be testifying, no, sir. Oh, spoke too soon. Never mind. <laughs> he ain't testifying. Anyone forcing you or coercing you to make this decision? No, sir. Anybody make any promises or, or on contrary, make any threats uh, to get you not to testify? No, sir. This is and to be honest, guys, it's almost suicide most of the time to take the stand and testify when you're the defendant in a case. Um, the only time it's acceptable to take the stand, guys, in a criminal investigation is when it's self-defense. That's the one time I've seen taking the stand actually could work in your favor. Your free and voluntary decision? Yes, sir. So let me go further. Uh, you heard your attorney said he rests and not going to call any other witness. That includes you. 
but no other witnesses. You understand that? Yes, sir. Is there any other witnesses that you wanted your attorneys to call or present to the jury? No, sir. Any other evidence that you wanted uh, your attorneys to present to this jury? No, sir. All right, guys, the reason why he's doing this is he's trying to show that, hey, Melly, do you feel like your lawyers did a good job? Do you think they were competent, blah, blah, blah? Because he's got to make sure that if Melly's found guilty or innocent, that he doesn't feel like he got slighted by justice, you know what I mean, by the law. So that's why he's asking all these questions. You good? You satisfied with your performance? But these lawyers did a good job. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Watching the tr trial and shit, like, they did a pretty good job. But I'm going to show you actually a clip that went down before this, um, where this defense attorney was uh, cross-examining the lead detective. He did a damn good job. Even though, you know, they, they got to pull at strings and shit like that, but that's the defense attorney's job. And clearly, these guys are probably pretty good, which is why... Um, he hired them. You know, this ain't no public defender type bullshit. These are probably higher price hip hop attorneys. I, matter of fact, I think these lawyers are the ones that Boozy recommended to Melly, if I'm not mistaken. They might have been involved in getting Melly, uh, Boozy off the death penalty. So, chat, confirm it for me. But I'm almost certain that one of these lawyers, if not all of them, helped Boozy get off murder, which is why uh, he recommended them to Melly. Performance? Yes, sir. All right. And everything that you wanted the jury to hear and uh, listen to is before the jury, is that right? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Let me ask. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. What, what do y'all, take a look at his face, man. What, what do you guys think in the chat? I wanna, uh, what, do you, what do you guys think at this point is going through his mind? The state, are you gonna call any other witnesses? Mayor. So uh, the state's gonna arrest as well? Yes, sir. Uh, what happened with Mr. Brendan Collins? He's not going to be used, I guess? Uh, no, sir. He emailed me last night saying that they were not going to be calling him and he could be excused. I forwarded that email to Mr. Collins. Yeah, guys, I mean, I, I think he knows that this is going to be an L for him, guys. You know, and this remember, this is coming from a guy that actually liked Melly's music, so I'm not a hater. I can see in his face, I think he knows that this is going to be an L and the worst part, guys. If he gets found guilty, they're going to put him to death, guys. Like, he's more than likely going to be put to death if they find him guilty. So, yeah. Thank you, sir. This is the highest stakes that you can be in in your life. Both sides are resting. That's correct. Uh, and now uh, the pleasure is we'll, we can talk about the jury instructions, but uh, what about the uh, closing argument? We're going to do that on Thursday? Yes, sir. Okay, so they're scheduling the closing arguments, guys, and that's pretty much the final straw. But we're done with the witnesses. Now the defense and the prosecution are going to make their final, think of it as like a thesis statement that summarizes all the strengths of their side while simultaneously hiding all the weaknesses of the other side. So in this case, the prosecution is going to put holes in. They don't have a murder weapon. Um, we, they had a witness that saw Melly go into the house and he wasn't there with them. They're going to put in the fact that... Um, you know, multiple people were using the phone. Melly has good character. He would never kill these people. There was no motive. They weren't arguing before the thing. They're going to come up with, like, they're going to make all these arguments, right? They're going to say how the prosecution's detective was biased. He didn't, you know, investigate everyone thoroughly. Um, the text messages they used, like, uh, where Melly's admitting to things, he didn't spell the word that the same, correctly, shit like that. And then the prosecution's going to show, look, we have this geolocation data. There's no other way that it... You know, this could have went down if it wasn't for Melly because the bullets hit this side. But Borland said the drive through uh, bullets came from the opposite side. None of this makes sense, blah, blah, blah. So each party is going to present their side while simultaneously showing how the other side is weak.
So I'll tell the jury that uh, come back Thursday, that's what the parties agreed to. So I'll be in Columbia by Thursday, guys, but let's see. If I got a good internet connection, I'll live stream the closing arguments for y'all. And uh, Tom will pack a bag and... Uh, Tom uh, and Gary, you're going to talk to the jury about that. Tom, so, guys, realistically speaking, we might have a verdict by Thursday, depending on how fast the jury comes back with a decision. Because they'll probably do a closing arguments. That'll probably take like a couple hours. And then they're going to send the jury to deliberate. We might have an answer before this weekend, guys, of what's going to happen to Melly. Indeed, and what they can anticipate. Yes, sir. And about the cars, where they park the cars. Yes, sir. There's a whole host of things he has to go over with the uh, jury when they... Uh, come back on uh, Thursday uh, about food and things like if there's special dietary things that they have to have this isn't really important they're just like talking about admin shit right now let's fast forward to where they're at now okay they're on a short break we tried to show with a portion of this yeah alright they're probably going to start summarizing here Bear with me here, guys. Okay. Or wrong ruling drive by shooting proved that the end, the whole tape coming in with the. So. Wow. So the judge, Bob Hiller, denied the whole tape coming in with the state argued two minutes of it proved that the ending was a sort of a confession when they said there was a drive by shooting indicating that Melly had to be in the car. Right ruling or wrong ruling, Bob Hiller? I have a feeling the judge just gave the defense on appeal um, a gift. Um, you know, the, there was in the state's case a segment of this. Uh, filming that was used really to advance the state's theory that this uh, killing was motivated by some sort of uh, gang relationship and that what they excerpted. Guys, get your chats in now because I'm about to start reading them here very soon after we kind of go through this recap. And guys, we only got, we got about 1,500 y'all in here. Do me a favor, like the video, man. I still haven't slept giving y'all this fire content, man. From this suggested that um, Bam, that's from the documentary I told you guys. Look, it puts him right at the scene. Four days after the completion of this film, YW Miller and his friends were the targets of drive-by shooting Miami, Florida. Bro. Bumbaka! So that contradicts what that dude said on the stand. Showed a gang affiliation. Um, and, you know, again, I think the defense made all the correct arguments. And the judge's obligation is to make sure that the jury gets the evidence accurately and fairly. And if the state is introducing, and remember, the state introduced it, and, and the argument that, well, we can't cross-examine, well, you can cross-examine some of the people in the video. You can cross-examine the people who were the producers of that video. You can't cross-examine the defendant, certainly if the defendant doesn't take the stand. Um, but, you know, again, so I, 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 I'm perplexed at why the court felt that somehow this was injecting an issue into the case that wasn't in the case or that it was somehow going to mislead the jury unfairly from what the state already tried to show with a portion of this. Yeah, probably the judge thought that the view with the prosecution that Melly could show himself in a very, Jamel Demons, that is, in a very good light without having to take the stand. And Bob Hillis says that is a major appealable error should Mr. Demons get convicted. Anyhow, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, more of the YNW Melly case defenses in their case. Stay with us.
All right. All right. So, guys, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to play a video for y'all, okay, that summarizes the last one. This comes from Cuff Boys. Not a bad video here. Um, kind of summarizes the last one because the last um, um, trial day was, like, pretty explosive. After the morning after the... So this summarizes it. The YNW Melly murder trial got interesting today. Prosecutor shows a self-incriminating... Shout out to Cuff Boys, by the way. And I'm going to be fast-forwarding through this. I'm just going to get it because he has a lot of the good clips that I think got taken off the Law & Order Network. ...message between Melly and another rapper. The more so, look at this. The day of the murder, right? You see here, 2018, 1016, October 26, 2018. Boom. I did that. after the murders. Then Melly's lawyer cross-examines the lead detective Moretti about how he conducted the investigation and other potential suspects for around two hours. And it gets pretty intense, boys. So sadly, the rest of the stream got deleted for whatever reason. It's nowhere on YouTube. So this is all we get for the day. Subscriber. Yeah, and that's why I'm using his video because he actually has the part key parts in his this video. But now let's get right into this. I did that with a smiling emoji. The infamous... Bumbocat! I did that message to uh, PZ Gambino, the another rapper, and then he says, uh, shush right after. Bum bucket! From the PZ Gambino account. The PZ Gambino account asked him if he was okay, and his response was, I did that and placed a smiley face emoji. After that, shh, not a good look. Not a good look for Melly to say I did that shush. We don't have the- But watch what the, the defense attorney does. He actually does something really clever here, guys. Full context, as we've seen in other conversations throughout this trial, that once they add the full conversation, it's like, oh, well, that could be uh, perceived a different way. Iffy, but to a jury, that could be important. Oh, Melly's lawyer's about to come up now and talk about this. So let's see how they approach this, because this is a self-snitching message, let's be honest, but we don't know the full context. Point to where I did that. Is that correct? And how do you spell that? T-H-A-T. Okay. Putting out this. Y'all can see this was right after the murder, which is why they assume that he meant that as far as like killing his friends. Spelling of the way Melly spelled the word that. It's coming from 9807, the phone. T-H-A-T, that. Correct? Correct. This is coming from the 9807 that the state has entered. Now, guys, you guys remember that we went through hours of Melly's text messages, right? And we saw how he texts, etc. And he spelled, he had a lot of misspellings, doesn't write type shit all the way, a lot of grammar issues. So it's actually going to work in his favor and see what this lawyer does. Really smart, man. These lawyers are pretty damn good. There's thousands of pages <coughs> indicating that it belongs, or it's a phone that Melly uses, correct? Correct. Page one of defense exhibit coming miss, from 9807. Would you tell the jury how he spells that? Yeah, D-A-T. D-A-T. I had a feeling he was going to say, Melly spells that differently. It says D-A-T. Will you tell the jury how he spells that D-A-T? D-A-T. Not T-H-A-T. D-A-T. Correct? Right. Page three. Coming up. <laughs> Pretty clever, man. I I'll give him that. Out of 9807. How does he spell that? D-A-T. So when... Melly spells the word. Melly's inability to spell properly and poor grammar might actually save him here. <laughs> when f I think this is the first time where hooked on phonics was actually not good for you. Or that. You want me to go through all 19 pages? Or would you take my word that every time, every time, coming out in 9807 that's attributed to this young man that's writing the message, he does not spell it T-H-A-T, but D-A-T. Would you like to look through it? No, sir. I 
you're asking me to explain that the one moment he decided to use proper grammar. One moment, these phones messages sending messages. Where he said that, THAT was on Instagram, I believe. And he's trying to cast out and show that there was a difference between the way he was spelling on the cell phone and the Instagram. I think he's just trying to hint that it could have been someone else on his Instagram account. Like maybe his manager talking. Like just trying to cast doubt, confuse the jury, honestly. These phone messages at the state introduced on this and that's his job as a defense attorney guys to cast out it's not necessarily to you know it's not necessarily to like get you off it's to get the prosecution to not be taken seriously they just gotta muddy the waters a bit that's the defense attorney's job pages that we painfully went through jesus he spells it d-a-t not t-h-a-t except for this one occasion right correct <laughs> what a Pretty quick. I ain't gonna lie, man. The lawyer's earning his his salary now. What a strange. I'm sorry, Judge. I apologize. Somewhat unusual, wouldn't you think? Three people in his car, correct? Yes. Was Anthony Williams? Yes. And sitting in the rear passenger seat was Christopher Thomas. <clears throat> yes. Only those three people when the shooting occurred, correct? Correct. That's what Cortland said. And if you guys remember the CCTV footage that we looked at earlier, again, or actually I'll just show y'all this one more time. Here's the visual that they're talking about. Bortland, Melly, this is Williams, a.k.a. Sack Chaser. And then this is, uh, I think, Thomas or Thompson uh, in the back here. Um, YNW Juvie. Learned that he lied to you about where the drive-by shooting was, correct? Yes. You went to what, three different areas to look for evidence? And keep in, guys, uh, keep in mind, guys, the prosecution didn't, did not call YW Bortland to the stand. They probably felt like they had a strong case without him. So, and I remember if you guys have been watching this, I've been telling y'all, if the prosecution feels like they're iffy, they're going to bring Bortland, Bortland on the stand because he's been out on bond all this time. There's no way he could have been out on bond without getting some kind of deal. Meanwhile, Melly's been locked up the whole time. By of Portland, what Portland Henry told you, correct? Yes. You learned at that time that at first he was labeled a victim, but that he now is lying to the police concerning the shooting of two individuals. He was still listed as a victim that day. I mean, Bortland, and guys, do me a favor. There's over 1,500 guys in here now. Can you guys do me a favor? Like the video, man. I haven't slept yet. We're going hard. This is my third podcast of the day. Um, we're grinding for y'all, man. So all I ask is that you like the video. You don't got to donate a dollar. Bortland did show up to the hospital with two dead bodies and gunshot residue on his hands. Any lawyer is going to try to be like, yo, what about this guy? Like, how do you know for sure that it wasn't this guy driving the car and not my defendant? There is such a crime as lying to the police. Yes, sir, it's a misdemeanor. You could have arrested him if he so chose for lying to the police, correct? You're saying that you're arrested? You're reaching a little bit now, but hey, this is what they pay them the big bucks for. Their job is to divert your attention from the actual case, you know, and the evidence. Potential victim of a violent crime on a misdemeanor. Uh, Could you just answer my question? Could you have arrested him? Yes or no? Yes. So he chose not to arrest him because he probably wasn't sure at that point in time if he lied for sure or not. Yeah, I mean, these detectives go into this with no information, zero. So we know a lot more information now. So now we're going to like think that we All right, we'll skip the 16 million bank count thing because what they were trying to say is that, you know, that the police were threatening his uh, manager 100 track. Uh, from a crucial online. Yes. And that text message was, the driver of the car that lied to you and Nelly lived and you had the address at the same time. Yes. 
You also learned about that time, and you mentioned it briefly. And then, guys, keep in mind, the defense is trying to attack YNW Portland now because they want to get Melly off. A text message came out from a crucial online. Yes. And that text message was, we were just aiming at YMW. Correct. Yes, sir. And it had a picture of him with a target. Correct. Yes, sir. So it would be fair to say on October 26th, his real name was David Hedgehat. Well, it's suspect number one. All right. So a guy pretty much took um, credit for killing Melly's friends on Instagram and what this defense attorney is trying to do is he's trying to say, well, this law, this detective was so focused on Melly that he didn't even do an objective investigation and run down all the leads. You had other people taking credit for the crime. So that's what he's trying to show here. But obviously, you know, here on this side of the internet, you, you guys already know how it is. If you get involved in some shooting and a, a big rapper's tied to it, a lot of idiots are going to clout chase and put themselves behind it. How many times have you seen an idiot, <laughs> right, on like Smack DVD or YouTube or doing some dumb shit? Smack DVD, I'm showing my age now. But, you know, they got the chains and they're over here, yeah, bro, keep get your shit. And they're bare faces shit. Like, bro, everyone is trying to get a lick on a rapper. So it's plausible um, that this could potentially happen. Where people would try to take clout and the detective should have, you know, went ahead and followed up on that lead, but the defense saying he didn't. Based upon that, he's suddenly just bringing up other uh, potential suspects. When did you decide to talk to the data who said he shot at this young man inside a Jeep? What day? The, I first did a search warrant into his social media account where they came from, which then uh, he's able to determine a better picture of Mr. Commissioner. Yeah, so he put this on Instagram, guys. He said the detective subpoenaed his Instagram, then went and talked to him. Hedgepath was so it was probably maybe two years later when we interviewed Mr. Hedgepath. Okay, that's important. He made this confession two years after the murders, guys. So typically, if you're trying to claim, you know, credit for a murder, especially if like you know people associated to, associated to a rapper, you'd want to do it right after the fact. So you could argue both. You could argue he just didn't want heat on himself, and he felt like he got away with it after two years, or you could say that um, he's just a dummy. But either way, it is strange that he would come out with it two years later. Two years later, a year or he didn't want, or he didn't want heat on himself. That's why he did it two years later. Year after this young man surrenders to him, to the police. I'm not sure exactly. But February of nineteen. Would you agree it was two years after that? Yes, sir. That is a little late. I mean, if the guy's tweeting shit or posting shit on social media saying he shot at Y and W or whatever, that is like, why are you doing that two years later? Or better yet, Cuff Boys, I don't know if you know this one. It could be that he got paid off to fucking take it, man. It could have been that they just paid him to like be like, yo, say this crazy shit on the internet, you know, and, and uh, let's try to get some heat off Melly. I feel like you should get that done in the first few months. I mean, just to like X about. And I say that because there was a lot of talk of bribery with witnesses on this case, guys. Okay. When did you subpoena those workers? Two years later. After we interviewed him. Okay. And I think you understand. Did you speak to any of his co-employees to verify whether or not he was really working when the time clock indicated he was. Yes, sir. Lawyer probably wasn't uh, hoping he was going to say yes to that question. That they were having a problem with a guy named Benton. Yes, sir. I'm going to label him as suspect number two. Who is Benton? Never could identify. Never identified someone they were beefing with. Again, he's just doing his job trying to cast out. You also learned that there was a problem at Walmart. They got jumped. And a, a necklace or a bracelet was stolen. A little uh, pendant uh, fell off one of the Did you go to Walmart to investigate that? No, sir. By October 27th, you identified Cortland Henry, Anthony Williams, yes, sir. Christopher Thomas, yes, sir. Uh, Trevon Glass, 
Yes, sir. Melly. Yes, sir. Toby Mel. Octavius Withers. Octavius Withers. And, and Adrian Davis. Davis. All eight people that left the recording studio and you had observed the bloody scene of inside the Jeep, correct? Correct. And you knew that Cortland Henry had lied to you. Correct. Obtained a search warrant to look at that house to see if you could find any blood, any gun, or anything what happened in that car, correct? There is no way we could have a search warrant for that house because there was no nexus to the crime to the house. Now I have to establish a nexus between the two or the judges will not sign the warrant. Did you even try, sir, to get a search warrant and go in front of a judge and say, I got eight people who left the studio. They all live in the same house. The driver of the vehicle we interviewed lied and the inside of the Jeep is covered in blood and we're looking for the gun or guns and the bloody clothes Bam. So they're trying to pin everything on Portland, guys. Okay. Even though this is kind of far-fetched because as we know, the wound patterns are more indicative of the gunshots coming from the back left side of the car. He's, you know, he's trying to say, hey, my client didn't do it. How did you do that, sir? So like I said before, there was no connection between the house and the, and the, the crime itself. The we, answer, where, where we had, where we had blood, where we had evidence, where we had uh, instruments of a crime, we did search ones. Anytime we had a nexus between the two. We did a search warrant. You could have secured that house by officers standing in front of it and at least come to this jury and say, I went to a judge, explained to the judge, eight people live in the house, eight people left the studio, and a few hours later, two people ended up dead, and the driver of the vehicle lied to us. All right, guys, so this is a good cross-examination. This is actually a very good example of a defense attorney properly cross-examining uh, law enforcement and trying to poke holes in their investigation. About everything concerning the shooting. You could have done that, could you? No, that's not how it works, sir. Not how it works. Fair enough. The yeah. house where Melly lived. No, sir. How about December? They were already gone at that point. Traces of blood because we saw that you sprayed this agent on things and miraculously blood surfaces. You know that. Yes, sir. Did you do that? No, sir. So yeah, doing a pretty good job on showing how the detective maybe could have done more, even though he's saying that he couldn't have. But it, it could make the jury be like, wow, this guy didn't really investigate this the best. Who knows? Who knows what the jury is thinking? That conversation was not specific to the murder. That was specific. Did you, in fact, threaten to ha have him be federally indicted? Yes or no? Yes, because of gun sales. Gun sales. Did you, in fact, tell him that he would not see his kids for a couple of years? Possibly. Yep. Yes, what? sir. I mean, we've heard throughout. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> oh, man. The trial. So I now he's trying to paint the officer as an aggressive individual now. Melly's mom got hurt by this guy. Like, he, like, twisted her hand and tore some ligaments in Melly's mom's hand. He threatened to charge Melly's. I don't know if that's right. From what, from what I know, I heard that his manager, 100 Track, is the one that gave the phone to the police. That's why a lot of people are, like, low-key pissed off at him. And I'll show you our picture 100 Track real quick girlfriend with accessory after the fact i believe did you in fact threaten jameson francois Ellie's manager same same answer sir revising that line to us could result in the arrest did you in fact tell him he would be deported to hayden yes threaten jameson francois to be deported to hayden even though he's been in this country since five years yes sir did you in fact threaten that he would all right guys this is um here i'll show you real, real quick Damn. Uh, hold on, I'll pull it back up for you guys. This is him. This is who they're referring to. This is Melly's manager right here, guys. All right. So they're saying that he's the one that gave the phone to the police. Oh, wait, hold on. Was this? How long did 
Oh, 15 hours ago. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that 16 million that they mentioned in the trial, he's talking about that. Interesting. And he privated all his other stuff. But anyway, I digress. Uh, my bad. Not get fed and get any medicine in the Haitian jails. I don't know about that. God damn, this detective was... So that pro... Yo, the fact that he threatened like that, that means that more than likely a hundred track might not be... Well, he's probably not a citizen and he might be here on like a visa or some shit like that. Or he might be an overstay. You normally don't threaten people with immigration unless they have something that isn't all the way right about how they're here. Because he did mention that he's been here since he was five years old. So that probably means that his family came in uh, on some kind of visa overstayed and he never actually got citizenship, you know? Wiling. I mean, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, but damn. Threatening a witness. Objection, Your Honor. That's the game, guys. Nothing doesn't say that you can't let people know that there's consequences if they don't cooperate. You know, I used to do that shit all the time. Like, if you don't cooperate, hey, bro, I know you're not here legally. I could go ahead and start getting that process going right now to get you deported. And that's one of the best ways to get people to flip. It mean, yeah, legal, you damn right it is. You damn sure it is. That's how the FBI gets most dirty little secret for y'all. Most of the terrorist attacks that the FBI stops nine out of 10 times, it's because the HSI agent, my former agency, um, knew that the target that the FBI was looking at had a, you know, some fucked up immigration shit. So it's very difficult to prove, prove material support for terrorism. So if they can't prove that, they get us to come in threaten them with deportation, blah, blah, blah. And then they cooperate because it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I'm a terrorist, blah, blah, blah. But it's nothing to go back to your foreign country when you've been here the whole time, your whole life is here. And, you know, you barely even remember how to speak that language. So that's a great way to develop informants, man. And um, that's why HSI is so important to the JTTF. No one will ever tell y'all that, though. What's he I overrule this role, right? Do you think she objected before he even uh, finished the question? Threatening a witness who tells you like the video, guys. No one on YouTube can explain to you in such intricate detail of how law enforcement really works. You know, let me know if that made sense to y'all with the FBI and JTTF, that whole explanation of immigration and how law enforcement uses it all the time to their advantage. Give me ones if that made sense. Because I know I speak fast and with a lot of jargon, and someone who isn't coming from that field might not pick up everything I'm saying. But if it's confusing, give, give me twos. If it makes sense, give me ones. Something that you don't like really gets to the truth. Objection, you... All right, perfect. And the JTTF stands for Joint Terrorism Task Force, guys. In fact, tell them that the jails are overcrowded and referring to Haiti. It's disease written. It's a, excuse my French, a shithole. Hey, you have to know the rule. Yes, sir. Consider these threats that you gave to these various witnesses. Okay, notice how the defense isn't even attacking the evidence anymore. He's attacking the actual investigator, guys. All right? He's trying to show that he's biased. He's a bully. He's mean. He's unethical. He's, he's doing all this to undermine the investigation. Follow that. Let me show you the list of suspects that we talked about. And see <laughs> he actually got a list. This is true and correct. May I approach? Did you sign it for me? Date of today's date? I mean, he did show the detective was, you know, doing some wild stuff, threatening people and lying and doing some crazy shit to witnesses to try to get. Them. Well, there's nothing in the law that says you can't lie to suspects, guys. Dirty little secret law enforcement. They, nothing says they can't lie to y'all.
him to talk. Pretty Keep that in mind. That's why you never talk to the police. Standard practice for the police and detectives, I mean, in general. Like, I'm pretty sure I've heard of detectives doing that for years. So this is just what happens. That he needs not only the provider name, but the list of powers in a particular area so that he can attempt to map out and tell a jury like this where the phones are located at a particular time. I have to disagree because the platform they use cast... Right, let's hit some chats real quick. Um, we got... Tashem O.C., why hasn't Luke Belmar been on the show? Uh, may, maybe in the future. Just, you know, a bunch of stuff going on. Uncle Luke goes, I love it when Myron gives the audience a special treat with a live stream. Also, 304 is better act correct when going overseas like men have to. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I, I really do be trying to give you all the best quality content, man. So all I ask, guys, is you guys like the video. We got 1,600 of y'all in here, man. So just show some love. Alyssa Brown, two bucks. Appreciate that. Uh, Baton 63 goes, I watched from Rotterdam, Holland. Keep doing your thing and Melly is guilty. Awesome, bro. I always love it when like foreign people, or excuse me, um, people from foreign countries, etc. watch this stuff because let's be honest, this is American criminal justice. So if I got a foreigner watching our stuff, no offense to you, <laughs> or someone from another country, it's awesome because it shows that y'all are really, like I'm explaining this stuff good to you guys and you're coming back for more and you're starting to really understand the American uh, criminal justice system, which is my whole goal with this channel, to be honest with you guys. Show you how the court system works, law enforcement, how investigations are done, uh, and just give you guys a real deep insight into the law enforcement world. That's why I'm so diversified to make sure to give you all different types of stuff. I cover terrorism. I cover hip-hop cases. I cover RICO cases. I cover organized crime like the mafia, uh, the Irish mob. I'm going to cover the Russian mob very soon. I cover national security with spies and shit. I cover literally every class of crime, um, from serial killers to the OnlyFans chick that killed her boyfriend, to 9-11, to Osama, to... Um, Freaking uh, the YSL Rico, bro. I'm bringing out all kinds of flavor when it comes to um, true crime, bro. So, the only thing I ask is y'all like the video, man, because we're better than Bailey Sarian, man. I'm not over here putting fucking makeup on and talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. We're we're way deeper than that over here. <laughs> all right, Uncle Lou goes, also enjoy yourselves in my beautiful place of Columbia uh, and stay safe, stay away from those scalopoline 304s out there up in his B. Yeah. Uh, definitely i'm gonna have my head on swivel, swivel and i don't drink like that guys so you, yeah i'll be fine uh yo we hit that goal get me on the show cut you you find me <laughs> yeah uh did the da show enough to get the conviction um we'll see they're probably going to deliberate here very soon that ninja's guilty uncle ruckus and then natasha reacts goes if track 100 never gave up melly's phone prosecutors wouldn't have had anything on melly phone got him convicted bam there you go see that that's what i've been told by everybody that the phone came from 100 track um but yeah, you guys got to understand that um, if he didn't give that phone up, they probably would have charged them with like um, impeding an investigation. Out of the Jeep. And, All right, we're and this is back to the. Thing. I tried to, you know, tell the state about this, and they didn't even have the main detective to even come in and talk to me to further this investigation. It makes it look like the, the state is doing a sloppy job and they rush to judgment um, in this particular case. And it even goes back to the defense's theory that they tunnel vision into Melly without doing all of their research. Yeah, and Bob Hill, talk about targeting. You want to say the car was targeted. And sure, somebody could target a car that, that Melly would have been, they thought Melly would have been in, doesn't mean that that's, that's admission. But targeting, the, the, process, the defense can now argue that Melly was targeted by the prosecution, can't they, with this witness? And, and I've been a big one, but let me just say, to say the defense should put on a case, but they don't really need to put on a case after this witness. They don't need to put on any more of a case. 
Well, and this is really a key alibi witness. And this is all about credibility. So if the jury believes this witness, Melly wasn't there when the crime happened. And game over. So, you know, it's a great way for the defense case to sort of end this trial. But again, the key here is credibility. And his demeanor looked pretty good. I mean, the jury is going to be very careful in their assessment on this witness. They're going to watch to see whether it looks rehearsed, made up, whether it's inconsistent or whatever. And then they're going to want to see how Cross goes with this witness. But assuming that he handles... Yeah, guys, the reason why law crime is biased is because these are all Melly fans in here. They're retarded. Let's see what they vote. Let's, let's see how smart the general populace is, guys. Bro. <laughs> Man, we're doomed. Yo, what the hell? Y'all see this? Bro, 63% think he's not guilty. <laughs> Yo, what the hell? All right, let's keep watching this shit. Himself well on cross. W. Malley. All right, let's rewind that recap look real quick so we can catch all of it. We missed some of it. I'm so glad you're back to join us here with our live analysis on law and crime because so much is happening in that courtroom. As you know, I'm Linda Kenny Baden. Both sides rested today in the YNW Melly double murder trial in Broward County, Florida. Closing arguments are slated for Thursday. Uh, the 24-year-old Jamel Demons faces the death penalty in the 2018 shooting deaths of his two friends, Anthony Williams and Christopher Thomas Jr. Uh, Demons and his co-defendant, Portland Henry claimed they were the victim of a drive-by shooting, but the evidence suggested by the prosecution or in the prosecution says that the shots were fired from inside the vehicle in a position where Melly was sitting. But now we're listening to the one and only defense witness who levied some bombshells in that courtroom this morning on behalf of the innocence claim of Y and W Melly. Let's listen to Adrian Davis. <laughs> At any time during school, did any of you have any problems with each other? No, not at all. Would you label yourself good friends, associates, close friends, or what? Good friends, close friends, close friends. Now, did Melody also have a Another name besides Mally and Jamel. Uh, yeah. What's up? Uh, we only call them that uh, crazy legs. Crazy legs. Yeah. And why did, why was he called crazy legs? Because he liked to dance. And that's why he got that name. Yeah. Was Mally uh, a big kid, normal size uh, kid when uh, you guys were in school? Slow. Did there come a time 
that Melly, and when I'm referring to Melly, I'm referring to this young man, Jamel. Did there come a time that Melly got involved in the music industry? Uh, yes. Specifically rap music? Yeah, back then. Now, you grew up where? Vero Beach. And do you still live up in that area? No, sir. Where do you live? West Point. And by the way, what do you do for a living? Uh, my granddad owns properties, rental properties and stuff, real estate. So we just cut grass. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing this to show that the guy is, uh, you know, a good member of society. Because remember, he admitted that he had been drinking and smoking and shit. So the defense is trying to, you know, put him back in a better light. Whatever we need to do, keep the properties up. I want to draw your attention to the year of 2018. Did there come a time that you came down? 2018 is when the murder happened. Down to uh, Broward County, Miramar, Florida. Yes. About when was that? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I want to say probably like September, July, something. Okay. And where did you stay? At Jamal's house. Who else was living uh, at Jamal's house when you came down in August or September of 2018? Uh, me, Jacoby, Melly, Julie, um, Julie was Christopher Thomas. Yes, uh, Tay and Courtland. And was Melly in the rap music business at that time? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, did you all get along together? Yes. Were there ever any arguments, fights? All right, let's see where we're at, because this is testimony that we heard before. Let me fast forward this and get back to their commentary. Okay, so we saw this already, so I thought there were going to be something else, but. As the defense says, what are your founded at the We're coming out, and we're going to take you back in, but I wanted to introduce our guest because there's some very important points here. Bridget Williams, criminal defense attorney, has joined Bob Hill with me to discuss this case. Bridget, welcome back. Bridget, let me just tell you, as a former prosecutor, as a criminal defense attorney, I shouldn't be, but I am astounded that the lead detective never interviewed everybody who was in the Red Mitsubishi. They also can be considered possible victims. Certainly, they have information. What are your thoughts about how this will affect the jury when Adrian Davis says that uh, the, the person on trial, or the young man, as the defense says, left the Jeep and entered the Mitsubishi with Adrian Davis. Yes, yes. All of that, Linda. Well, I'll start by saying that the defense is making such a strong statement here by only having one witness. And that one witness is saying all of the direct things that we need to hear about Melly. It's not as convoluted. It's not as uh, convoluted as the, the prosecution may want you to think. That's what they're saying here. And even with all of that, when this young man, Mr. Davis, is saying, well, Melly was in the car, um, the, the red Mitsubishi was us. He got out of the Jeep. And 
I tried to, you know, tell the state about this and they didn't even have the main detective to even come in and talk to me to further this investigation. It makes it look like the, the state is doing a sloppy job and they rush to judgment um, in this particular case. And it even goes back to the defense's theory that they tunnel vision into Melly without doing all of their research. Yeah, and Bob Hill, talk about targeting. You want to say the car was targeted. And sure, somebody could target a car that, that Melly would have been, they thought Melly would have been in, doesn't mean that that's, that's admission. But targeting, the, the, process, the defense now argue that Melly was targeted by the prosecution, can't they, with this witness? And, and I've been a big one, but let me just say, to say the defense should put on a case, but they don't really need to put on a case after this witness. They don't need to put on any more of a case. Well, and this is really a key alibi witness, and this is all about credibility. So if the jury believes this witness, Melly wasn't there when the crime happened, and game over. So you know, it's a great way for the defense case to sort of end this trial. But again, the key here is credibility and his demeanor looked pretty good. I mean, the jury is going to be very careful in their assessment on this witness. They're going to watch to see whether it looks rehearsed, made up, whether it's inconsistent or whatever. And then they're going to want to see how Cross goes with this witness. But assuming that he handles himself well on Cross and um, the jury finds that this testimony is credible, um, I don't know how the state is going to get around that uh, in the jury deliberations, at least on beyond a reasonable doubt standard. Yeah. And quite frankly, I don't know how the prosecutor is going to ever be effective in any cross when the prosecutor knew what he was going to say because she interviewed him and never told the jury about it. And that talk about credibility. Prosecutors and defense attorneys have credibility. Well, she doesn't necessarily have to disclose that. You know what I mean? It's not really like evidence like that. But you know, the reason probably why they didn't mention it is because his interview was irrelevant compared to all the other, you know what I mean, uh, piece of evidence they got. Like, okay, Melly's friends are lying, so who cares? They, you know, they proved that from day one. The issues and cases also. Anyhow, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go right back into that courtroom to continue to hear the testimony, the bombshell testimony of Adrian Davis, which tends to exonerate YNW Melly. All right. Cool. Let's see where they're at. You went back to Melly's house. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're yeah, doing a the replay there. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, guys, I don't know if they're going to go back until like later on this afternoon, so I might cut it here, um, unless any of you got chats or got questions. Uh, in a day's goes, Myron Myron, the friend black girl with them boys lawyer was out here 304 and it up before her man can't make the show up. Wait, what? Really? No, shit. No, I, I didn't know that. But you know how it is, bro. Like, girls be... I, I tweeted earlier that men sell... Women sell sex and men sell... Um, women sell sex and men sell su uh, success. And men use success to get sexy women. And women use purity to get successful men. So y'all gotta remember that, like, the female strategy is to sell you purity, make you think that um, you know, she's only doing this for you and then get you, you know, on some hook shit. Gotcha, bitch. So you got to be able to read between the lines. And that's why it's so important, guys, to have more partners. That's why I tell y'all, even though people get mad at me for saying the 50 thing, it's to keep yourself from getting bamboozled and not wife and girls up that have had a certain past, you know, or at least if they did have a certain past and you're willing to look past it, at least you're going in with your eyes wide open and not on some blue pill shit, you know. Uh, but that's very advanced for you to get with a chick that, you know, has so many red flags and you think you can still kind of tame her. It's not worth it. 
Uh, you got to have a lot of game for that shit. It's not worth the fucking headache and the issues and the trauma that you're going to deal with. Um, but yeah, guys, like the video, man. I haven't slept yet, so I think I'm going to just pass out. Um, but yeah, share this video with a friend, guys. This was actually some pretty damn good testimony, and we went over what happened before. So y'all should be pretty up to date with the trial. And uh, yeah, love y'all, man. Uh, we'll be in Columbia tomorrow. So uh, yeah. So don't do it, boys. Let's see here. Someone asked what I think about the verdict. I think he's going to be guilty, guys. Go watch my original Melly video where I like broke all this down. I actually read the criminal complaint for y'all. Like, I think he's definitely going to get found guilty, man. But uh, anyway, brothers, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Menendez Brothers videos drops Thursday. I'm a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay, guys? HSI. This is what Fed Reacts covers. Defender Jeffrey Williams and Associate Weissel did commit the felony. So here's what 6ix9ine actually got.